happy Father's Day. I don't know if you could ever relate to something like that, but I can. So we want to say welcome to all the dads that are here. I'm Ryan, one of the pastors, and we also want to say welcome to those of you watching in the parent viewing room. That's a great place to go if you have little ones that get fussy during the service. Just pass the donuts and coffee. You'll find a room where you can watch the service live with us. And so would you grab your message notes right out of your bulletin and grab your pen and do some fill in the blanks and you'll have something to take with you today. But today is an exciting day because it's the day that we get to honor all the fathers and the father figures in our lives that have helped us become who we are today. And now many of us ourselves are in the trenches of fatherhood and trying to figure this whole thing out. Um, I'm also aware that there's probably some here today who didn't have a great relationship with your dad. Or maybe you had an absent father and today maybe represents a difficult day for you. And we just want to let you know that our hearts are with you. And yet we're encouraged by the fact that we have a heavenly father who loves us unconditionally. And you know, when I think about fatherhood, I think of so many different stages. My wife and I are just getting ready to have our fourth. And, uh, you know, our older ones are going to be turning eight and nine. And so, you know, at every stage, and some of you are, you know, enduring the teenage years. And some of you are empty nesters and you're encouraging your kids through college. Or maybe they're growing adults and you're encouraging from afar. But I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could have a book for every stage of life that just accompanied us, that kind of showed us how to do it. And I, and I always thought, you know, if I were to write a book, you know, the picture on the front of a book is very important. I mean, wouldn't you say that's very important? And, I, and, and so if I was going to write a book on fatherhood, this would not be the picture right here. Um, you know, it's just so cute and typical, like everything's perfect. And we just know that's not the reality. I think I would choose for my book maybe a cover of something like this uh, right here. I don't know if you can uh, see um, that the child is in the pot and the turkey is not. Uh, go to the next one. I might choose something like that for my book. Uh, go to the next one. I thought this would be a good picture, you know, from my book. You know, you're trying to do chores as carrying your kids. Next one. Uh, this would be a very good picture for my book. And then maybe last but not least, I just think this sums it up right there. I mean, I think that, oh, that one is familiar to you. You know that one. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know about you, but there's lots of times that I ask myself as a dad, uh, if I'm doing a good enough job, do I have what it takes? Will I be everything that they need? Or simply sometimes my wife and I will look at each other and we'll ask, in all seriousness, where have we gone wrong? <laughs> have you ever asked yourselves that question? Like, where have we gone wrong with these kids? You know, uh, we ask that from time to time. Well, today I want to give you a question that I think will answer all the questions that maybe you've been questioning yourself with. I mean, this would be the, one of the best questions that I think that a dad could ever ask himself. And here it is, and you're going to have to write in this whole line, but this is a question that I really believe if every dad will stop to ask themselves would make all the difference as we move forward in fatherhood, and it's simply this. What would a great dad do? What would a great dad do? Have you ever been in a spot as a parent and you just don't know what to do? Can I tell you that a question like this will bring clarity and direction for you? And when you think of the term great dad, what do you think of? You know, maybe for some of us, you go to a person here on earth who has been that for you. Or maybe it's a belief in your heart of what a great dad should be. Or maybe you're understanding the amazing example that our heavenly father is to us and are taking his cue. But whatever comes to mind for you and can help motivate you to become the dad you really want to be, 
It's so important to ask this question because we know that our roles as fathers are crucial and of utmost importance. And if I could this morning, I want to give you two things that great dads focus on. Two things especially. I know there's lots of things that could represent great dads when we ask this question. What would a great dad do? There could be lots of answers. But I want to give you two things that I believe that great dads focus on. And the first one is this, to make your kids deeply aware of the gospel. And the second thing is to make your kids deeply aware of your love for them. If there's two things that I could tell dads today, that would be it. Make your kids deeply aware of the gospel and make them deeply aware of how much you love them. And so I want to talk about this first one just for a minute. You know, there was a guy in the Bible, his name was Saul, and he was very bad for Christianity. In fact, he persecuted and put to death people who followed Jesus. Now, here's the crazy thing, that Paul was really great at what he did. Paul, I'm sorry, Saul, in fact, was an amazing leader, albeit he was leading for the wrong side, in the wrong direction. And God decided that he needed Saul's leadership skills on the right team. And so one day, God blinded him for a few days and had his heart transformed to understand the love and way of Jesus Christ. And his life was forever changed. In fact, God changed his name from Saul to Paul. And Paul went on to be an amazing leader for the early church. And he went on to write even most of the New Testament that we have today. And you could say that Paul became a father throughout the gospel. And he writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17. He said, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in the church. Paul's saying, I've become a father in Christ to you, and I want you to imitate me in my example. And as we think about this question, what would great, do, great dads do when it comes to pressing the gospel into our kids' lives? We think about the example that Paul is setting, that we would say to our kids, as I follow Christ, I want you to follow me. His aim was to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ was deeply planted in these people's hearts. And your next fill-in, as earthly fathers, one of our principal goals should be to deeply press the gospel into our kids' lives lives. It doesn't matter what stage they're in, if they're young, if they're teenagers, if they're in college, if they're grown. A parent's job is never done to begin to keep pressing the gospel deep into our kids' lives. We must strive to make it central in their life. You see, the gospel is simply the good news of Jesus Christ, and the good news of Jesus Christ is recorded in the Bible, and it's available to us to help plant that in our kids. Now, sometimes, and I mean, if we're honest, sometimes we kind of have this thing in the back of our mind that tells us that it's the church's job to deeply press the gospel into our kids' lives. And while that might be true for one hour a week, what are you doing the other 167 hours to press this into their life? It's so important, dads, if I can just talk to you for a minute, it's so important as your kids grow up that they have pressed in them a biblical worldview that the lenses that they look through life all come through the word of God. Your next villain. We must teach them 
and demonstrate for them that the Bible holds the answers and guidance for all of life's questions. And so when your kids begin to ask you those questions, when kids want to know direction in life or when they're not sure about something, the greatest answer as dads that we could give is, let's find out what the Bible says about that. Because the Bible is our standard for living. We must teach them and demonstrate for them your next villain. Oh, I'm sorry, I already did that one. For all of life's questions. And they must see us make those choices based on the Bible. Because we all know that what they see lived out for them makes the greatest impact in their life. Your next villain, be a great dad by teaching your kids how to take their sin to Jesus, realizing he's the only one that can fix our brokenness. He's the only one that can fix our brokenness. You know, it's something often that, you know, we talk about, you know, with our kids. And, you know, I don't know if your kids make a lot of mistakes, but my kids, like, live in that zone. And so it's just, like, constant correction and, like, trying to train and you're just exhausted. And thus, that's why we turn to ourselves many times and say, where have we gone wrong and all this stuff. But, you know, what is so amazing is at the end of the night, you know, when we put them to bed and we get on our knees and we begin to pray and talk, it's, there's nothing that fills my heart with more joy than to hear them pray to God. In their own mindset, in their own way, they're trying to, you know, express what's in their heart. You know, my son Cooper, he'll usually go around, God, thank you for having the best dad and the best mom and the best brother and the best sister and the best new baby brother that's coming and the best, 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 right, and I'm doing what you're doing, like, dude, come on, I'm tired, I want to go to bed, right? Best, best, he'll literally say it 30 times, best, best, best. Jesus in the whole world, you know? And, and as they begin to express, I just, I love that. And when they can say, thank you for forgiving us and thank you for dying for us, I encourage you dads to set up a platform where your kids can express themselves to God through prayer. And even if we're not that comfortable with it, even, you know, it's a stretch for us, I encourage you to have that time that you can press it in. Because as they get older, they will only become more and more aware of their brokenness. As we all do. We realize how messed up life can be and how different paths take us down roads we never wanted to go down. And the only person that can fix that brokenness is Jesus Christ. And we want to implant that in their hearts. Because I want my kids to know that at their core that Jesus just didn't die for all sin, that he died for their sin, for their individual sin, and that God wants to change them from the inside out through the power of the cross and we do this when we're leading them through mistakes they make. We talk not just about forgiveness towards each other, forgiveness with mom and dad. We talk about the need of asking God to forgive our sin. I want my kids to know that there's no relationship on earth more important than the one they have with Jesus. There's not a relationship that will be more satisfying. There's not a, a relationship that will be more fulfilling. There's not a relationship that will make them whole like Jesus and so when I think about their spiritual journey, and I hope, dads, that you will too, as you think about your kids and how you're raising them, that you would stop to ask the question, when it comes to spiritual matters in their life, what would a great dad do? Not what am I comfortable with or what's outside my comfort zone, but what would a great dad do when it comes to spiritual matters in my kid's life? And whatever answer I arrive at, God, we're going to ask for your strength to allow our feet to follow that path. 3 John 1, 4 says this, 
I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. That they're walking with Jesus. So dads, when it comes to spiritual matters, let's ask the question, what would a great dad do? And let's do it. Let's become that for them. The second greatest thing a dad can do in in my personal belief is to make your kids deeply aware that you love them. Now think about this for a minute. When you were growing up or maybe even today or when you were a kid, I don't know, what was the one thing that you wanted from your dad? What was the one thing you wanted? You wanted to know that they loved you, didn't you? You wanted to know that they believed in you, that they were proud of you. There's something innate inside of them that they just want it. Yesterday I was out and we were doing some tubing and skiing with my boys and and, uh, my nephew who was skiing and he learned to slalom for the first time and that was a pretty big deal because Uncle Ryan can't even slalom. You know, I can't even roller skate. So, I mean, not good with balance. You know, but he gets in the boat after slaloming and we're all like, oh, awesome job, awesome job, awesome job. And you know what the first question he asked? He said, Dad, did you think I did a good job? Right? There's something innate in all of us that wants that approval from our dads. We want to know that they love us and that they believe in us. But oftentimes, dads, sometimes we just slip into this mode that we assume that our kids know that we love them. We think to ourselves, well, I leave every day and I work hard. They, you know, I work all day. I come home exhausted and I put food on the table and I put clothes on their back and I put spending money in their pocket. I put a roof over their head, you know, like I'm doing all these things. Of course they know that I love them. Now, let's just stop there just for a minute. Because it's true that we do those things to prove that we love our kids. But do you, do you know what is equally as true? That kids are dumb. All right? Can we just have an honest moment. Kids are dumb, right? Thank you for that. Kids are dumb. And I mean that in the truest sense, like their brains haven't formulated yet. Like they're just not really good at connecting the dots. And uh, just hold off on that picture one second. But when I was um, five years ago, my kids, my boys were uh, three and two years old or four and three. And, and, you know, they decided that it'd be a really good idea to start shoving toys down the toilet, right? Because they never connected the dots that somehow if you put toys in the toilet, it wouldn't work and operate, right? Why? Because they're dumb, right? They just don't get it. And so we're trying to figure out why isn't it? And we didn't know. We we're like, why isn't the toilet working? Why isn't the toilet working? And we'd ask them, did you guys put anything down the toilet? And they kind of, you know the look. It's, it's the look like, oh, crap, we just got caught. And I don't know whether to answer this truthfully, you know, and go out like a man or, you know, run and hide, you know. And so, you know, they gave us that look, and I was like, oh, great. And so I, here I am, you know, taking apart the toilet, and, you know, and shutting off the water. And, you know, I mean, no better way to spend a Saturday, right? I mean, and so I'm taking apart the toilet, and sure enough, I find this long toy. And this is a picture of them and their guilt right here, okay? So this is me finding the toy in the toilet, toilets tipped over, and Landon, I don't know, I think he's maybe uh, three and a half or four right there. And just look at the look on his face, like, hey, look what dad found, right? But it was so funny, because yesterday as I was looking at this picture, I'm like, man, here's this great dad doing this, you know? And then I look, and in my son Cooper's hand, there is a razor blade in his hand, and (laughs) a utility knife is in his hand. So once again, just proves my fatherly skills, okay? Like... (laughs) It's captured on camera. But in the same way, 
Just like my kids couldn't intellectually connect the dots that toys down the toilet would keep it from working, your next fill-in, so our kids won't connect the dots that your provision for them means that you love them. They won't connect the dots. And they might when they're 30 or 40, but guess what? By then it's too late. They need to hear it from you and see it from you again and again and again and again and again in many different forms. And we get this breathtaking example from our Heavenly Father in Jeremiah 31.3 who says to us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And to understand that God's love for us is unconditional and limitless is so humbling. And yet that is how God wants us to respond to our kids so that they can have that same kind of understanding. Your next fill-in, your child's realization of your love for them is not something that will just happen on its own. So you must be intentional to work at it to make certain that your kids know that you love them. This is a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of intentional, relational effort. Dads, when we come home from work and we're tired and we're stressed out, how are we engaging our kids? Right? They have no concept of our day. They have no concept of how long it was. They have no concept of how stressful it was. They have no concept of how stressful things are at home. Right? I mean, they just know that you're home from work and it's, now it's their time. What would a great dad do? When he comes home from work and sees his kids. What would a great dad do with the last few hours that he has in his evening before bed with his kids? It's a great question to ask. And as you build relationship, you begin to think about what do they like? What don't they like? How are they doing in school? Who are their friends? What are their dreams? How's their relationship with God? What are they afraid of in this season of their life? What are they thinking about? These are great questions for dads to consider next fill in, in order to know our kids and stay involved, we must have both quality and quantity time because nothing can replace this in your kid's life. And you might think to yourself, well, I spent a couple hours with them like two weeks ago and that should be really good, you know, to kind of make up the difference for these couple weeks. And every single one of us as dads, we've got to focus on quality and quantity Because at the end of the day, can I tell you this, that in all my years of youth pastoring and ministry and all those things, I've never had a kid, a teenager come up to me and say, man, I just, I wish I would, I've had more quality time with my dad. But you know what I've heard hundreds of times? I just wish I had more time with my dad. See, quantity beats out quality every single time. And so when we think about time spent with our kids, we ask the question, what would a great dad do? What would a great dad do? What would he put on the shelf for this season of their life to invest more in their kids? What is in it personally that you can move over so that you make room for time with your kids? We've got to tell them how much we love them on a daily basis to show them through our words and actions. See, unconditional love is so important to know. This is your next feeling. Unconditional love is not based on your kid's performance or abilities. Unconditional love is rooted in who they are, not what they do. It's rooted in who they are, 
Now, what they do in this kind of unconditional love, especially from dads, must be consistently professed and demonstrated to our kids in both good times and bad times. In the good times when they're behaving well and everything's going great, and the bad times when they've made really stupid decisions and their life has gotten off track, to remain consistent with our unconditional love. And along with this, in this same vein, discipline that we give as parents must also be rooted in deep and unconditional love for our kids. It's so important. And when we haven't demonstrated unconditional love, you know, things get suspect when we get to discipline time. And we have to be careful to not discipline out of anger because our aim should be this, your next fill, and ultimately our aim shouldn't be to correct our kids so they will behave better. We correct them so that they'll become more like Jesus. At the end of the day, that's what a great dad does. A great dad doesn't discipline to discipline. A great dad doesn't discipline just because he's ticked off. A great dad takes a step back and says, despite my emotions, I want to discipline in a way that's going to help move them towards becoming like Jesus. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to serve them well the rest of their life. And last time I checked, a timeout never changed a kid's life, right? A timeout for the sake of a timeout doesn't change anybody. But if we can wrap that discipline with conversation about who they're becoming and how we want them to become more like Jesus, it can begin to change their heart. And that's ultimately what we want. It's important for them to see us be willing to change when we've blown it. Any dad ever blown it? Got angry, said something they shouldn't have said, thrown something they shouldn't have thrown, right? Okay, something like that. You know, every single dad can identify with that to say, you know what? I've blown it. And there's been a number of times that I've had to go back to my kids and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I got too angry and I shouldn't have raised my voice at you and I'm sorry. And that's hard for me to do. I think it's hard for any dad because, well, I'm right. Yeah, you're right, but the way you handled it was wrong. And that's what we need to own up for. And when our kids see us that we're willing to come and ask for their forgiveness, do you have any idea what kind of model that sets for them as they grow older? to be willing to humble themselves and admit when they're wrong. And again, when it comes to this kind of stuff, when it comes to discipline, when it comes to setting that example, what would a great dad do? What would a great dad do? So when it comes to showing that kind of love, it's unconditional in nature. What would a great dad do? When it comes to disciplining your kids, what would a great dad do? When it comes to boundaries for your kids, what would a great dad do? When it comes to finances, when it comes to time spent, when it comes to entertainment choices, when it comes to words spoken, you fill in the blank, right? whatever it is for you, whatever you're thinking about, whatever's at the top, just simply ask in regards to that, what would a great dad do? And as a parent, we must stay intentionally involved in these two areas, to press the gospel deeply and to make them aware of our love for them. And I know the temptation for dads, especially as our kids get older, it's to become less involved in their lives, especially when you feel like you don't understand their world or especially if you feel like there's been some failures on your part. Our temptation is to pull back at your last fill. And if our kids are going to be deeply aware of the gospel and our love for them, we must continue to lean into their lives no matter what. 
We must continue to lean into their lives. And that takes a lot of work, does it not? It takes a lot of intentional effort. And let's be honest, dads. When you think about your to-do list, whether at home, at work, our to-do list can easily trump the time. Listen, please don't miss this. It can, our to-do list can easily trump the time that it takes to make our kids aware of these two things, to invest spiritually and relationally into them. And you can feel at times that you're not making a difference. And if we were to think about this jug as their life, and every single one of these pieces as an investment, which is time spent, and you look back and you go, wow, well, that didn't make much of a difference, right? Or maybe it's some words of affirmation that tells them how proud we are of them, regardless of how old they are. We think to ourselves, wow, that didn't make much of a difference. It's taking time to pray with them and opening God's word and helping them see the answers for themselves. And you think, wow, that didn't make much of a difference. But here's what can make a difference. If we don't allow our to-do list to trump the time and all those things, and we are become really intentional about making aware that the gospel is pressed into their life and aware that our love is pressed into their life over time, if we will just be diligent, it begins to fill their life. And suddenly the things that we thought that maybe we were intentionally or unintentionally neglecting in their life versus the things we became real intentional and made time for. And as your kids grow, imagine the fullness of their life as we take the time to invest and press into our kids and make them very aware of the gospel and press in and make them very aware of how much we love them and how much we believe in them. Never underestimate the power of a dad that can make that kind of investment. And I believe the quickest way to fill our kids' lives with purpose is if we will stop and ask the question, what would a great dad do? What would a great dad do? I want you to watch this video and then we'll wrap up today. You got this comes to your relationship with God. You got this. You know, because while we haven't always done it right, we've been intentional as dads to keep investing and keep investing and keep investing, even when we do it wrong, even at times when we feel like we're failing, we just don't give up. When it comes to our confidence and our love in them, we say to them, you got this. We're here, we believe in you. I love this verse in Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And this is our promise. And this is our hope. That God is able to take all our investments, as flawed as they might be, and turn them into something beautiful that will flourish in their lives. And so dads, we keep asking the question, what would a great dad do? What would a great grandfather do? What would a great stepdad do? What would a great father figure do? And by God's grace, he will help us impress the gospel into their life 
and impress how much we love and believe in them. So let's keep asking that question. What would a great dad do? Would you mind closing your eyes all over this room as we get ready to pray this morning? I don't know what stage of life you're in in the, the fathering thing, but what kind of motion today brings for you. But God does, and that's the cool thing, is that he's able to meet us right where we're at. And maybe there's hopes and dreams in our heart. Maybe there's failure and regret in our heart. Maybe there's a desire to move things forward and be intentional from here on out. And so I just want us to take 30 seconds, and this is a great question even for moms, what would a great mom do? Can we just take 30 seconds and just tell God what's in our heart this morning and ask him to respond to us? Or maybe you're here as a dad and maybe you've never made Christ the leader of your life. And I'll tell you, without Christ, I can't imagine how much more difficult it would be to raise kids. And this one thing will set you on a pathway for success and being the kind of dad that you really want to be. And so if you've never made Christ the leader of your life, during this time you could say a very simple prayer where you acknowledge that he is the son of God and that he died for you and rose again and that if you ask him to forgive your sin, the Bible says that he'll do that. And as you invite him to come into your heart and be the Lord and leader of your life, he will do that. And you can take his lead from this day forward. And so 30 seconds just between us and God, let's do that right now. us unconditionally and whose joy and pride over us is so humbling for us to think about recognizing our own flaws and brokenness we ask you today that you would show us how to be a great dad and especially in these two areas as we think about the gospel being pressed in and our love being pressed in would we come back to this spot and open our ears to your voice to lead us day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that we might invest into our kids everything that you'd have us to. Give us the strength when the days seem weary. Fill us with hope when we feel like failures. Show us how to humble ourselves when we've made bad choices. God, we want to lead as you would have us lead. We want to keep you central in our lives so we could say to our kids, follow me as I follow Christ. And they would see our love for you and our dedication to you. And that would become an investment that would pay off 
years down the road. So we thank you that you're molding us and shaping us even as grown men to become more and more like who you are. And that's the place that we want to be. And we welcome your work in our heart. We welcome your work in our mind. We welcome your work in our lives, especially when it comes to fatherhood. So lead us, we pray, as we lead our kids. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen.